Welcome to Business Class Money Minutes, everything finance related for small business owners powered by American Express. I'm Nigel Cassidy and alongside me, welcome to The Fold, business writer and all-round whiz, Kate Bassett. Thanks, Nigel. It's great to be on board. I spent the last 20 years writing about entrepreneurs and business leaders, finding out what makes them tick, what keeps them awake at night and how they're growing their businesses. So this podcast is right up my street. And this episode couldn't be more on the money right now. We're going to be looking at the best ways to invest in social media. And crucially, how you can measure the likely return on your investment. So let's get started. Where better to start than with the first-hand experience of a marketeer who uses many different social and selling platforms as part of his everyday work? He's the Chief Marketing Officer of online homeware retailer Amara, which brings together collections from the world's top luxury brands, including Missoni Home and Ralph Lauren. Welcome, Ben Blackwell. Thank you. Great to be with you. Ben, I've had a look at your main site and it's really clean, sleek and luxurious. Tell us a little bit about what channels you're on and what you're using them for. So as a, as a really sort of strongly visual brand, we use Instagram, Pinterest and Facebook as our main communication tools. But we also use a, a bit of LinkedIn for business to business. So, I mean, what proportion is this just you keeping in touch with customers and what is paid for? So we use them for different things, I suppose. And so both activities, so paid and organic, run alongside each other. Uh, but both fit into sort of three areas, I suppose. One would be prospecting, one would be retention, and then the third would be about reactivating. Each has a sort of slightly different strategy in terms of both paid and organic and also in terms of which channel we're using. In terms of paid, we don't spend an awful lot in the great scheme of things. It's around 10% of our marketing budget goes into paid activity um, on social, and that includes both influencer and sort of advertising slash remarketing to them. If we go into paid, first of all, we use it principally to drive demand and brand awareness, which we sometimes see converting through other channels. So in terms of measuring last click, it's often not the case that we do that. Facebook's got some fantastic tools in it to allow you to test that. So you can have sort of like holdout groups, so you can basically sort of have a really good sensible control so you can see the uplift of any advertising within a given area i'd totally recommend if people aren't using that to to totally do it prospecting our sort of focus there is principally on driving brand awareness and visits to the site kpis that we'd look at in terms of how we would measure success would be the cost per uh, unique add to cart and then looking at really small conversions to see how we optimize activity there it might ultimately not lead to a conversion, but we know that we'll retract them later on in terms of retention and trying to get them back with reactivation, which kind of brings us into the second. So we use Facebook principally for, for reactivation, I suppose, as well, which is, is to drive sales. So these are customers that are slightly more, um, you know, they're aware of the brand, they've been to our site, they've looked at products, they've added a product to their basket. How do we use it to get them back? So the data we send across to um, Facebook is abandoned basket browsers and site visits, and they tend to be on two different cookies. So abandoned, basket, abandoned browsers, sorry, is 60 days, and we use a 30-day cookie for site visits. So we target them with um, with really dynamic product ads. So where prospecting might be more about sort of brand advertising, so a lot more visual, a lot more beautiful. Here's, here's some sort of inspiration to try and get you to click through and discover more stuff. 
I suppose we use reactivation to look at the products that they viewed, products that other people have purchased. It's a bit further down the funnel, as it were. How many of your own people are working on this full time and how much is done by an agency? Yeah, so I, we've only recently, maybe about two weeks ago, hired someone to look after this full time. So it would be a part of other people's jobs. It tends to be split into two. You've got the paid activity, which would normally sit in sort of performance marketing. So people that are, you know, really motivated by metrics, I suppose, how I look at it, and more scientific brains, I suppose I'd say. And then the other side of it is that they're involving themselves with with conversations with customers. Um, So it tends to sit in two different teams. We've just brought in a a person to solely look after the organic side of activity because, yeah, because it's really, really important. So, Ben, you work with influencers, I guess. Tell us about that. I I think they're absolutely crucial in terms of sort of reaching new markets and reaching new audiences. They don't have to be scary. You have a whole raft of different sort of influencers there. Obviously, there's gifting side of stuff, which is the next kind of level investment before you get into paid activity. It's got to be a valuable exchange. The best place we've used influencers, I would say, is where we've had a very strategic approach So yeah, probably our biggest and most successful influencer campaign was for Black Friday, an incredibly busy time of the year for everybody. You know, marketing cut through is is incredibly difficult. People are spending, the messages are all the same. And and how do you create cut through during that that point and particularly sort of attract new customers? So we, again, looked at where we wanted to target in terms of countries, then a whole host of influencers. And I think we had about 20 or so in total who we brought on. So come on, Ben, how much did that cost you and what returns did you get? It didn't cost us a great deal, I would like to say. Probably about sort of two and a half grand in total. Direct sales from it, I I wouldn't be able to give you that number. But I know that we did in, in the week, we increased our followers on Instagram by about three and a half percent. So in terms of a metric that I would measure, I think it was incredibly successful. It was our best Black Friday on record. Very broadly, that return on investment in social media, can you give us a number of some kind or a ratio? I would probably, it depends on your brand and it depends on the business. We would work to around 17 to 1. So in terms of the paid activity, we would receive £17 back for every £1 that we spend but it is very focused and very it's 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 more on the retention side of it where we invest. So I would expect that to be higher. Obviously, I was, if I was prospecting for new customers, it would be a lower uh, lower ROAS. So I think there's not one set rule. It depends where you are in in terms of the funnel. Um, so yeah, seventeen to one is where we invest. And you mentioned um, budget planning and you referenced 10 per- it's 10% of your overall marketing spend. Has that social spend gone up since COVID? The percentage hasn't shifted, but our overall marketing spend is based on a, a sort of a cost of sale ratio dependent upon our demand revenue. So we're spending more, but keeping it in line. Ben, you've talked about influencers. What about your users? How much user-generated content do you have from your followers, from your buyers? Uh, Is there a benefit in that? And I mean, what about stuff like rights to use their photos and all that? Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. Our, Our customers are really interested in people's interiors. They're totally motivated by what stuff looks like and take inspiration from magazines. Obviously, they're on Instagram, so they're looking at people's interiors there anyway. So zero cost. And yeah, it's brilliant in terms of, you know, being a part of the conversation, being an authority in our field. It's it's absolutely the way to do it. 
I've thought of a good brand collaboration for you. I think you should link up with Zoom and um, get involved in some virtual backgrounds, put some luxury furniture in those offices. They definitely need it. That's a great idea. (laughs) Trying not to look at each other's backgrounds here, but it's it's a brilliant idea. Excellent. Ben Blackwell for the moment. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, after that, Kate, I think we're going to have to order some funky new stuff for our desks here. We clearly spend far too much time in this room. Absolutely. I need to get buying. Back in a jiffy when we'll turn to a skilled social media marketeer to find out the best tips for your own business and how it all adds up. And taking it to the next level, counting the cost of successful selling directly on social media. Don't go away. No matter the size of your business, American Express has your back. Our range of business cards gives you greater control over your cash flow. So you'll have the flexibility to respond to change and chase opportunities. Plus, you can earn rewards from your day-to-day spend and invest it back into your business. Visit americanexpress.com slash uk slash business card to learn more. Terms apply. Welcome back to Business Class Money Minutes. I'm Nigel Cassidy. And I'm Kate Bassett. Today's episode is all about how to grow your social media presence in cost-effective ways. So let's get some more top tips from the chief of what I gather was London's first agency to work purely on social media, with offices here and in LA. She specialises in helping firms to engage seamlessly across channels. It's Ellie Herneman, chief executive of Truffle Social. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me. So Ellie, let's dive into the numbers. Um, When it comes to lead generation campaigns, presumably different industries can expect a different ROI. Can you share some of those industry benchmarks with us? Across the industries, it really does um, differ quite broadly. So when it comes to the ROAS rate, that's the return on ad spend. So a good range for any industry is between three and five. With food and drink, for example, your profit margins might be around 15 to 20%. So a good return for food and drink would be for every £1 spent, you would get £8 return. When it comes to fitness, for example, the conversion rate is generally a lot higher uh, across the board um, in terms of average conversion rates. But the return on ad spend is generally a bit lower. So for home improvement and interiors, we work to an average of um, for every £1 spent, you'd get between £7 and £10 return. What you're often looking at within that uh, industry is uh, you're working with products and, and things that are quite easy to shift, particularly during the current climate where everyone's kind of spending a lot more time at home. So across the board, there are a real variety of expectations uh, when it comes to that ROAS. But as a general uh, ballpark, uh, you should be looking at a 300% uh, return. So so three three X on your ROAS. So I'd love to know how ROI differs per platform. So Facebook versus Instagram, for example, which are some of the best revenue generating platforms for different industries? Give us the numbers. Uh, Yes. So we work with um, some clients in the interior space. We ran some ads on Pinterest that were exactly the same in terms of the messaging and and what products we were pushing. And we also ran the same ones on Instagram and Facebook. Um, We just targeted the audiences ever so slightly differently. Now, what was um, interesting was about a year ago, 
Pinterest would have delivered much higher returns. And um, I think we were used to doing a return on Pinterest of for every one pound spent, we would generate a, a six pound return. Whereas now that's gone down to for every one pound spent, we've, we get about 2.5 on Pinterest. Um, so that's a huge difference. And with uh, Instagram, for example, that's gone up and, and Facebook still remains the dominant platform for us across the in- interior space. So um, in terms of numbers, our return on Facebook and Instagram tends to be about uh, for every one pound spent, we get, I think, £8.5 return. And of course, it does kind of vary across every industry. So with the automotive industry, for example, we would never use uh, Pinterest to target our followers. But Facebook is, um, it's, it, it produces such a, a much higher return when we're running ad campaigns for the automotive industry. On Instagram, not so much. For every pound spent uh, for automotive, we return five pounds back on Facebook. And on Instagram, that's actually much lower. So for every one pound spent, it's, it's about three pounds return. So Facebook really seems to be the dominant platform here. Ellie, what are your tips for a small business to create a successful um, lead generation campaign? And how would a business go about setting up audiences and, and measuring those results? So what I would always uh, recommend to any small business is to play a little bit with um, a test audience and a test budget. Let's say that you've got a product that is worth or, or the retail price is £100. What do I need to make in terms of profit from that? Let's say uh, of that £100, you've got uh, £20 profit within that. So what we would normally uh, advise is double what your profit margin is as your initial test bed for running an ad, so let's say £40. Then what you want to understand is, okay, calculate what your customer value is or or what ideal profits you would need to return on that are. So you would say, okay, I want to times that by five, ideally. So reverse engineer it, play around with the messaging structure run that test out to two different audiences and look and check in on what your click-through rate is as it's going. Then pause on whichever ad is um, not, not doing as well and then move the rest of that spend onto the other ad that is doing better. And what you can constantly do is keep on testing and learning, testing and learning. You don't need to play with a huge amount of budget to start with, but just learn as much as you can when you're running your your test ads. And what type of engagement rates can different industries expect to see per platform? Engagement rates um, across all industries do vary. Um, so, for example, with automotive, you you might have a lot of petrol heads who, who are obsessed with their different cars. You might have a brand that releases a new uh, a new car, and everyone suddenly goes wild for it, and, and the whole community on Facebook start to talk about it. They share content with each other. Uh, they jump onto Instagram, and the engagement goes through the roof. That said, engagement rate does not always equal sales. So a good engagement rate for LinkedIn is about 2%. The average engagement rate on Instagram is 4.7%. 
And that's constantly going down. So any, I'd say that any brand that is achieving an engagement rate on Instagram of anything between three and eight percent or, or higher is doing is doing all right. Any higher than eight percent would be incredible. And you do see accounts that that are leveraging that very very well. On Facebook, the average engagement rate is much lower. So that's at 0.18%, which seems obscenely low. And um, what's interesting is Facebook as a platform does require you to uh, pay to play. So what they often do is they'll say, okay, well, if if you just spend a little bit of money boosting this post your reach could be so much higher and then and then you're bound to get much higher engagement rates. But of course, it does depend on um, on the industry. So if we're talking about the corporate and finance sector, uh, LinkedIn is the place to go. But a generally, a good, a good recommendation is draft up a, a very short strategy and, and really start to, to play around um, with ads as well as uh, content. So Facebook tends to have the lowest engagement rates, even though um, it's the most dominant platform in terms of returns. Yes, it is. Facebook is a veteran platform, shall we say. It's been around for a long, long time. And Facebook in the early days didn't really have so much competition um, with other platforms. Now, with the rise of Instagram, obviously Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok now, WeChat... Weibo, all of the different platforms. Now it's all about TikTok, for example, which uh, which actually is a really great platform for um, for ads as well um, when it comes to conversion rates. So that's definitely one if it's right for that brand, uh, i.e., let's say retail or even education there are some fun ways of of using that platform for example i'd love to know the numbers on influencer campaigns because on the face of it it seems like quite a quick win for a small business to send some free products to an influencer or a celeb get them to rave about it on social media and watch the sales come in but what is the roi for different industries on influencer campaigns and how do you measure that Uh, We've worked with retail, for example, in the past, where there's a huge number of influencers working across that sector. The return on investment is, I'd say, for every pound spent, you'd get £10 back. So it's fairly healthy, just as an average. Whereas if you're selling, I don't know, toothbrushes, for example, you could find yourself, like we did, generating a much higher return. So for every pound spent, you get 20 back. Uh, but you could also work with products or, or sectors that that might not be so appealing and, and require a heavier budget for a lower return. Um, and coming to trends, how has investment changed per platform over the last year? So over the last year, um, trend-wise, TikTok has grown hugely. It, it sort of came a little bit out of the blue and um, it's been the fastest growing platform for well for a couple of years now everyone particularly with lockdown coming and and the pandemic people people have more time to spend at home browsing so that's been enormous and and that's why we've been very dedicated to ensuring that instagram is is massively maintained um, as well as facebook and pinterest do you have any figures around average spend per industry on social media over the last year and and how that's gone up or down so 
When it comes to B2B, on the numbers, the average spend used to be £3.50 per lead. B2C spend has gone from £2.50 per lead to £2.75 just in the last year alone. Um, That's across all of the sectors as an average. Now, that increase is, it's interesting, I'd say it's down to how saturated the market is and how competitive brands really have to be against each other. And of course, many small businesses are using an agency rather than doing everything in-house. So what's the average a small business would need to spend if they want to engage a social media expert? Um, And how does that vary across industries? For a good agency like ours, you should expect around to pay around £2,500 plus per month for a social media output that that employs a good content strategy as well as a, a solid paid media strategy. But what we always advise is start low and you can always bolt on you know, additional services. You can scale up. I would say if you're talking about the retail sector or FMCG, that is a good place to start because you can quite quickly see some returns on that. You can scale up according to how successful your output is. If your returns are coming back and making you a lot more profit, then it makes sense to keep on investing more. um, And you can then keep on kind of adding on as you go. Um, So how are the platforms evolving in terms of consumption? Is there anything new coming that businesses should be aware of? Definitely TikTok is the apple of everyone's eye at the moment. And it's great to see how different brands are really um, taking that on board. Instagram has done exceptionally well as far as encouraging dwell times of of users. Facebook has dropped a, a little bit. But it's interesting that Instagram is still kind of, it's become the dominant platform when it comes to anything B2C related. Well, let's bring Ben Blackwell of Amara back in, try and draw some of all this together. Uh, Ben, I could see you sort of bouncing up and down a little bit when we were talking about returns uh, on uh, paid content. I mean, this is not an exact science, is it? And there's always more work to do. No, absolutely. And it depends how you what numbers you take as your uh, ROAS number. I suppose often with any media channel, they can, you kind of get a bit of a duplication. So Facebook ROAS is, is often higher if you look at their number versus if you look at the, sort of the total. It's the same as if you use any, any media channel. So yeah, uh, lots of food for thought there. I thought there's some in- incredible sort of examples of where activity shifted, particularly over the last year. I thought it was very sort of really inspirational. Lots we can take from that. And Ben, what about the brave new world? Because life is changing a lot of the social media platforms instead of being a sort of channel to point people back to somebody's website or something. They're becoming the selling platforms, uh, which I suppose could be good if you sell more, but not good if they take a massive cut. Yeah, I think it's super exciting, actually. I mean, fundamentally, you want as frictionless um, transaction for customers as possible. I'm pretty agnostic. If someone wants to buy something from Instagram, for example, then brilliant. You know, so I think it's terribly exciting. You should also probably look at lifetime value of a customer as well. So you might actually want to spend more on acquiring a customer than actually you make in the first transaction. If you know that your customers an average shop with you three, four times a year. So uh, I think it's, again, horses for courses, but you need to understand sort of the shopping behaviour of your customers and, and that will sort of lend, lead you into the way of how much you could spend on acquiring. 
Well, again, Kate, so much there, but um, you can start pretty simply. You don't need all the paraphernalia at the beginning. That's right. You can start just with an Excel sheet and it doesn't need to cost the earth. And uh, a lot of talk about those ROIs, return on investment for social media. Um, Some pretty big numbers we heard there. And it's super interesting to hear that Facebook has the lowest engagement rates. But actually, if you want to generate returns, that's the platform to be on. The message really is just for small businesses to take the plunge. And indeed, that is our canter through getting bang for your buck on social media. So a massive thanks to our guest, Ben Blackwell, the Chief Marketing Officer at Amara, and Ellie Herneman, Chief Executive at Truffle Social. We hope you find it useful. And if you are a small business owner looking for the latest trends and insights, then American Express has a world of content for you. Yes, you should check out the Business Class Trends and Insights Hub for everything related to small business finances at americanexpress.com slash uk slash business class. And don't forget to subscribe to Business Class Money Minutes. Which you'll find wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an edition. But until next time, from Kate and me, it's goodbye and take care. Bye. Bye.